The Two Mats is brought to you by the New European. If you like the contents of this podcast, The Two Mats, if you're a regular listener, you're going to love The New European. And I've got a very special subscription offer for you for just a pound a week or two pounds a week if you want the newspaper. And that's the price of a bottle of water, folks, a small bottle of water. You can get The New European delivered to your door every week and you'll be supporting great independent journalism and you'll be kicking back against the corrosive nationalism that helped bring Brexit to Britain's shores. You'll also get a £25 voucher to spend at The New European shop and you can get a great book we've just published on the Battle of Orgreave or you can get a t-shirt or you can get a mug or you can get a great bollocks to Brexit passport cover. So do the right thing please, support this podcast and also support The New European. Go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S and there's a link in the show notes. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, snowflakes. How are you, Steve? I'm excited by the general election. We have a general I've election. I've got general election fever. General election fever. Fever right through my bones. Yeah. <laughs> the campaign has kicked off proper and we'll get to all the news of that, of course, and then we will crown a Brexiteer of the Week. But a lot of you, of course, come here for your news. The news, yeah. Um, we should so just start doing other news, shouldn't we? Lost oh. dogs. Yeah. Cats up trees. We had a cat up a tree the other week. You chased one? No, there was a story. A cat went up a tree. Yeah. Like cats do. Why do cats go up trees? Because they do what they want, don't they? Do they think Cats do what they want. Is it to chase birds, essentially? Maybe. Yeah, probably. Or maybe they get a better view down of the of the you know the land-based small mammals of the UK. Yes. And um, so cat goes up tree. Cat up tree, yeah. Man worried about his cat. Yeah. Oh, come down, Tiggins, or whatever you call. What do you call cats? I don't know. Mr. Tibbles. Mr. Tibbles, something like that. So, climbs up tree. Yeah. Gets stuck. Yeah. Another man comes along and goes, what are you doing up a tree? Says, I'm trying to rescue my cat, but now I can't get it down. He climbs up a tree. Get, he gets stuck. And he gets stuck. Brilliant. Fire brigade called. Cat long gone. <laughs> <laughs> the, cat's, the cat has climbed down the tree. The cat's like, what are you doing? See ya. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we've Imagine being stuck up a tree. <laughs> as, as an adult man. As an adult man. Old yeah. woman, I mean. <laughs> I know, it's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> well, when I was, a, when I was a, a training reporter, the fire brigade, uh, you, you do these things where you have to call the fire brigade to see what, if they've been called out to anything overnight, as you know, Steve. Yes. And they were called out to a guy dangling by his ankle 
from an upstairs bedroom window. Oh, gosh. And what had happened was he had popped round to see his um, lady friend while his lady friend's husband was in the pub. Yes. And his lady friend's husband had come home from the pub early and he had attempted to leap out of the window um, and uh, onto a nearby tree and had got his ankle stuck in the window. It was one of them that only opens a little bit and was dangling upside down. Oh Imagine finding out that your wife was playing away when you found a man dangling outside your house. Would she not have just said it was a Christmas ornament? <laughs> Anyway, of what you've done with the tree this year. That's, that is the, the other news. man. That is the other news. Well, the, I mean, the big news politically, or part of it, is that Jacob Rees-Mogg is currently being put up a tree somewhere in an undisclosed location. Well, maybe we should start with that, because both of these campaigns for, for Labour and the Tories well, are ex- in disarray. Well, I expected to come here and talk about the Tory campaign in disarray. The Labour campaign has been, um, has been disarray. Uh, di- Disrailed, derailed, yes. somewhat. Yeah, they'll nationalise that. Uh, they will, yeah. <laughs> Nationalised derailing, uh, somewhat. The Tories have made a really bad start. I they have. Yeah. I don't know whether, I don't know whether Tom Watson resigning is quite as bad as some of the stuff that's uh, that, that's happened to the Tories. Um, no, but, I, I, but I agree. Certainly, certainly, Ian Austin's extraordinary, outburst, uh, extraordinary. And the accompanying front page of the. Jewish Chronicle, yeah. and a quite a poor response to that by John McDonnell, I thought, yeah, yeah. Is, um, is is worth worth discussion. But where do you want to begin? Well, let's start with Ian Austin, because have you ever heard of... I mean, this guy is Labour through and through. He's been um, a Labour Party member for 30-odd years, I believe. Yeah. He worked for Gordon Brown, of course. He's been an MP. Telling the electorate to vote for a Tory government, to vote for Boris Johnson... Just to keep Jeremy Corbyn at number 10. That is quite remarkable, isn't it? Um, it's extraordinary. Uh, what do you think? I mean, is, do, you, do you support his intentions or do you think he's taken a step too far? Or Well, I think... I mean, I, I found myself agreeing with Rebecca Long-Bailey in that it's a, an incredibly sad, sad state of affairs for the Labour Party when somebody with that kind of service, as you say, yeah. says you should vote for the Conservatives. I think John McDonnell was very wrong to dismiss it as you know this is what you expect for somebody who's working for the conservatives now he's a he's a trade envoy isn't he yeah, yeah. Ian Austin he's been sitting as an independent for yeah. quite some time yeah, yeah. he's no fan of you know a long time opponent of um, of Jeremy Corbyn and I mean people remember a couple of years ago he he, he got told off in the commons didn't he by, by Burko for shouting out sit down and shut up when Jeremy Corbyn was talking you know mm. the leader of his own uh, party at the time yeah he's made his feelings quite so clear he's made his feelings that. quite clear but not even tony blair would um would advocate voting for boris johnson would he no but i was sorry i was going to say about uh, about john mcdonald you, you can't say well he works for the tories so no, he, he, he just spout tories you know his, his, his dad was a refugee in the second world war and, and in well, any well, case, his parents were killed by the nazis and in any know. case you know um uh, what's she called uh Rushanara uh, Ali yeah. for, is, is a trade envoy. She's got the same. She's got the same job. She's a, a trade envoy for, for Bangladesh. You mm. know, she, mm. she's a Labour MP. She's not employed by the Tories. No, no, no. So it's just uh, silly. So it was. It was quite a silly response uh, compared to a, a, a measured response that Rebecca Long Bailey gave. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, and then to, to compound it by saying Labour Party have done all they can and we've acted. Uh, firmly and fairly um, and fast 
um, was it, it's just not quite it, well. It, it's, it's not right at all. Um, so I think Ian Austin had a, a, a had he's got a point, hasn't he? And the front page of the Jewish Chronicle is is remarkably powerful. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. I think he has got a point. I think he, I don't think he's saying vote Tory because Tories are great. He's saying vote for the Tories because we can't possibly have Jeremy Corbyn in Downing Street. Yes, he is, and I think you know that is reflecting the views of a a, a, a large number of. Jewish people, isn't mm, it? Mm. Um, I think it's you know. I think the, the things that John McDonnell said about um, Islamophobia in the Conservative Party and racism in the Conservative Party are e- equally valid. I agree too, and I think it was um, I think it was on Mon- Monday or Tuesday's Today Show where uh, Michael Gove was was asked about that, and they're still squirming about it a bit. You know, I mean, they, yes. they should just. Do, I mean, they all agreed. All five candidates agreed, didn't they, when they did the hustings for the for the Tory leadership? That they would that that would happen. Quite right. Um, it hasn't quite right, happened. It hasn't happened. Same same as a proper independent inquiry into anti-Semitism in the Labour. Well, that party. was a whitewash. But both parties are failing on this, and they need to they yes. need to get it sorted. Because of course, Boris in his speech said that he wanted to lead a quotes moderate and compassionate government. Yes. Well, these, that's great. Get this sorted would be a good place to start with that one. Well, it would be a good place to start. I mean, it's uh, yeah, as you say, it would be it would be good to get this all out in the open and sorted out and get some firmer commitments about things that we've got. It's it's pretty unedifying spectacle to have the two main parties campaigning on you're more racist than we are. Yes, exactly. I mean, and that's what it is. It's a it's a race to the bottom. A race to the bottom. A of racist. Race. A racist. To the bottom. Yes. Um, so I thought I thought that was really disturbing. Tom Watson. Tom Watson. Now um, I've, I've, so I've got some time for Tom Watson. Yeah, I've I think I've mentioned on this pub before. I liked the art on his office wall when I was um, when I was in his office, which is him ma- made up to look like Super Mario. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, particularly um, good. I mean, another you know another thirty odd years of service out the window. I mean, t- no Tom matter Watson, you know, no matter if you disagree with people like you know i mean kenneth clark ah. justine greening yeah you know nicky morgan these I mean, are these are a loss to, a, to our, our disagreements yeah. with you know i think a lot of a lot of amber rudd a lot of but things that they have said and done have yeah. been wrong but yeah. they are serious politicians Absolutely. and tom watson yeah. is also a serious politician yeah, yeah. and there's lots that i disagree with with, with tom watson yes as well, exactly you know, and, yeah. and he's not always um he's not always covered himself in glory but he rory stewart you know vince cable all these people are, are well, hopefully around. glory for rory will return in london well i wonder whether you know i wonder whether heidi allen is another one yeah, um yeah. who is a um a, a, a sad loss i think and it's um, kind of a perfect storm of two ex- extremists in not in the <laughs> maybe maybe that's the wrong word but extreme um uh, at the top of both parties, not so much. I don't think it's coming straight from Boris Johnson, but from the man next to him, um, and and Jeremy Corbyn being ridiculously harsh on anyone who doesn't completely follow the party line. Yes, that's you know, right. I mean, you can see why the Lib Dems have attracted MPs because they are for for a party with so few MPs, probably the broadest church going to be the broadest church going into um, going into the new year after this election because we've got. Corbynistas on one side of the house, and we've got well, hard Brexiteers on the other. Yes, that's right. And if you don't agree, tough luck. Do you think Tom Watson missed his moment? Do you think uh, his moment was when 
Change UK happened? I, do, I think, to be honest, I think that... Or do you think he missed his moment when he didn't resign and lead a, a big breakaway when they all voted against Corbyn? And Probably, but I'm not sure that... I mean, you know, MPs MPs are also thinking about their jobs and there are, there are Labour MP, moderate Labour MPs out there who are just staying quiet and hoping that Jeremy Corbyn goes away and everything goes back to normal in yes. the next five years because well, so. they want to carry on being an MP. Yeah. Um, because it pays £75,000 a year and... It's not bad work. It's not bad money, but it, but it is. I mean, it's a tough job, um, but, it, but it also brings certain other perks with it, doesn't it? Well, it does, yeah. Um, I'm not sure what they are. Would you want to be in it? Did you ever... Did you ever Hanker after it? being an MP? No. No. I've led far too dissolute a life to, to, <laughs> to be an MP. I ruled myself out <laughs> at the age of 13, I think. <laughs> I've, I stood... You stood, yeah. Who did you stand? Where did you stand for? <laughs> I didn't, you didn't really. stand up. You should stand. Oh no! The porridge party. No, no porridge. No party. <laughs> porridge. No party. Like it. It'd be good. Yeah. Like it. Uh, no, no. I, I. Um, well, I, I, as a younger man, I thought, oh yeah, that'd be a good idea. And then, and then, you know, my twenties happened. You're right. And, and yeah. like you, I thought, no. I don't want my mum reading about this. No. Um, uh, so, so yeah. farewell, Tom. So farewell, I, Tom. Yeah, I mean, I thought I th- I've noticed quite a lot of people saying, "No, oh, he missed his he missed his moment when Change UK happened." I think, I'm not sure. I think by then, he probably knew that the Carl Beach thing yeah. was was going south and was going to play badly for him. And had he leapt from the Labour Party then as the figurehead of, or one of the figureheads of Change UK with Chucker and Moona and Heidi Allen, yeah, I think it's fairly. Fairly certain that what's happened since might have lowered his standard. Yes, I think the so. standing of that unchanged UK. Ca- he got a bit carried away. I was actually meeting him about that, about child abuse allegations, um, in his, years ago when when I was in his office. But he got a bit carried away after um, after the um, Murdoch thing. Yes. I think he, he kind of felt like he, he he'd enjoyed sort of running that campaign and doing a bit of investigations and stuff, and he, he seemed to sort of attach himself to the next one that came along. Um, and I think that was probably a false step. But what I don't, but what, what is absolutely true is that he was doing it for exactly the right reasons. There yes, was no, of course. You know, yeah, he, he wasn't doing it to get his name in the papers. No, he was doing it because he thought it was important. And it, and those are the people we do want in our in our politics. And do you remember when people used to consider um, Tom Watson as a as a big red lefty? Yes, he was. A, <laughs> he was a, a mate of Gordon Brown's and a firebrand, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. And, and and now look at him. He's you know he's the, he was the token moderate. Um, not, probably not including Keir Starmer at the, to- at the top of the Labour Party, wasn't he? That's right, um, yeah. But he was, the first time I really um, was made aware of Tom Watson uh, was when he, because he was one of the junior ministers, of course, who tried to tried to push Blair, wasn't he? Yes. Um, way back in about That's right, 2006, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. That was when it came to my attention. Um, but it'll be, it'll be sad to see him go. What do you reckon is next for, for Tom? I've well, got a few ideas. He said he's going to be a health campaigner, isn't he? Um, well, me too, eat fruit. Uh, eat fruit. Yeah, eat Is more that fruit. Your first of your campaign slogans for that, the porridge party. Eat, uh, yeah, eat more fruit. Yeah, eat more fruit. Yeah, I've had. What, what fruit have you had today? Uh, I've had no fruit today. I've had a banana. I had. I've had. I've, had, I've been having a banana a day recently. Oh, that's good. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Do you My ambition it? to be more like Mike Morris of TVAM. We <laughs> used to always <laughs> eat Morris, a banana. I love Mike Morris. I wonder what he's doing now. Mike Morris, I don't know. But somewhere he's eating a banana, isn't he? Unless he's gone to the great 
banana plantation in the sky, of course. Yeah. I hope not. He had a when, lustrous moustache, didn't he? He did. When you've finished watch, watching this pod, <laughs> yeah, when you've finished listening pod. to this pod, go on YouTube. I often do this and um, to feel nostalgic and uh, put um, and, and, and ask to watch the opening titles of TVAM. They are glorious. It brings back so many memories. Because yeah. it was a bit special if you were that, that early. Cause you it was great. Like, yeah, and, and they, they got a load of people to stand together to make like good morning good morning britain or something on their white cliffs of dover right, yeah. and there was a, yeah, someone was parachuting it was very exciting oh, and so mike morris TV. used to i mean famously he would eat a banana during the commercial break wouldn't he yeah a whole banana and he'd often be wiping bits of it off his <laughs> of his old and diamond and diamond yeah wincy willis wincy willis the green um, goddess was she or, or was she um, on sure, sure. Well, mad lizzie yeah, Lizzie, that's it. Mad Lizzie. I remember. The Green Goddess was on BBC, wasn't my she? My mum used to do the workouts with uh, Lizzie. Mad Lizzie. Yeah, and then there was, um, and she was Rusty, Rusty. Rusty Lee. Rusty Lee. Oh, we should get her on the pod. Rusty Lee. And then, wasn't Mad Lizzie replaced by Mr Motivator? Um, oh, I believe so. And of course then there was Roland Rat, who went on to be Loved. the chairman of the, the People's <laughs> Vote Camp, the controversial chairman of the People's Vote Camp. Loved Roland Rat. Roland Rudd and Kevin the Gerbil, are, yeah, they're, yeah. they're the public faces of it. Oh, hello, Rat fans. Um, he used to drive his pink Ratmobile through Camden did. Town. It was brilliant. Oh, it was great TV. Happy um, times. Because of course when it started... TVAM had people like Anna Ford and Michael Parkinson, didn't they? And Peter Jay, and it was quite a heavyweight. And yeah, within, and it's like, this isn't working. Bring on the Ratmobile <laughs> and Timmy Mallet. Timmy Mallet. Well, I told you about my Timmy Mallet, embarrassing Timmy Mallet story. No. Okay, no, quick, I'm, quick. Very right. quick, because we are rambling. I was, si- I was about 15, yeah. and I was going through a phase where I like to sit in my bedroom with the curtains drawn. Good. Listen to the Smiths. You're still in that phase. Re- yeah, I am. Um, read sort of romantic poetry. Yeah. By which I mean Shelley and Byron and, you know, not like... Not stuff from the inside of <laughs> yeah. Hallmark cards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and my mum came bursting in one day and pulled the curtains. Come on, we're going out. You've been sat in here all weekend. You need to You need to get out. I shouldn't have been born. Come on, come on. There's a phaeton. There's a phaeton down the road. So she drags me to this thing, right, and it's in the middle of a running track. Oh, yeah. And there's kind of stuff some stalls you know that kind of thing yeah and i'm i had my meet is murder t-shirt on Brilliant. and i'm moping around like kevin the teenager Good. right and um and a spot at the fence the the tough kids from school at the fence and i'm like oh, oh god no. oh no so i sort of turn around i'm sort of skulking about don't want them to see me in here from the other side of the fairground stuck fair i hear this richard richard look look who's here <laughs> And I turn around, and my mother is dragging by the hand Timmy Mallet with really? his mallet with his mallet towards me and shouting, "Richard, it's your favourite!" <laughs> Timmy Mallet comes over, bonks me bonks on the head, mallet, mallet. put like a plaster on my forehead. Of course, the tough kids at the who were at the fence on their stolen bikes. Well, it's this is like they were. They saw all this, and it's like Springfield High, isn't it? And yeah, I was yeah. and uh, Monday punched well, in the stomach with for a, <laughs> yeah for a, for a long time. I was known as uh, Timmy Mallet's boyfriend or something equally rubbish. Really, it's a very embarrassing moment. But he was a lovely chap. Good. Should have been nice to him. Really looking back. Good. Um, I was what, what, what is Timmy Mallet running? What were we talking about? Is he a Brexiteer? I don't know. I reckon he's a Remainer. I was going to say if all this talk of um, of. Uh, 
you know, our sort of vague support for Tom Watson and saying Ian Austin has got point has offended you. That is because I I am a centrist and I don't know if Proudly. I told I don't know if I told you this, but I was <laughs> I went to a I went to a gig a couple of weeks ago, a band who I was unaware of, who I, who I, I did enjoy, I, they're called um, She Drew the Gun, uh, who um, are led, from a, led by a young woman from the Wirral, and uh, quite heavy sort of left-wing political content, yeah. bit of sort of Kate Tempesty yeah. spoken word, right, but, nice. over, but some, you know, some songs in there, and really great, great sort of visuals. And we've been talking about politics in the pub beforehand. And yeah. I sort of spotted them in the bar afterwards from where we were sitting in the bar uh, upstairs and spotted that they were down doing some signing. And the people that we were, I was with, who are all quite more significantly more left-wing than me, all trotted down to get their uh, album signed. There is signed. And when I came down to see if anyone wanted a drink, they introduced me to the, this woman who's called Louisa, I think, Louisa Roach. It was very nice. And they went, this is Steve. He's a centrist. <laughs> and she looked vaguely disappointed. And I had to say, did you really have to say all that stuff about capitalism? And she went, yeah, sorry about that. And, uh, and she was really very nice. But, but there yeah. is a good example of people with slightly different <laughs> beliefs getting on. You know, it's good. It's it good. was very nice. Anyway, the Conservatives. Yeah, so the, so the cons- so we've, I guess we've sort of done Labour. The Tories... Um, They've made a worse, much worse start, I would I say. I agree. Well, firstly, I was gobsmacked by uh, Rhys Boggs' comments. I mean, just... Yeah. Here is a man, at the start of an election campaign, the leader of, of the House of Commons, managing to insult dead people, not just dead people, lots of dead people, who were poor, most of them, living in a flat which was um, perhaps not of their choosing, and indeed died for something that wasn't their fault. Yes. I mean, on what planet does he think that's appropriate? Well, I've got no idea, but it's it, it, the fact that he, the fact that he thought that opinion was worth sharing says quite a lot about Jacob Rees-Mogg. And we, we, we've said this before, you know, Jacob Rees-Mogg, for all these, oh, isn't he, isn't he funny dressed, uh, and he uses dangerous. the long words, and he looks yeah. like a haunted pencil, and he looks like a, you know, a... a, a speaking candlestick from a Disney musical like and from, yeah. stuff like that yeah. and he looks like a Victorian undertaker and all of yeah. that and yeah. oh he's funny and he, oh, he likes to lie down in the House of Commons. For all of that he's he's quite a nasty piece of work I think Jacob rees I mean we we uh, you know we do use fun and, uh, and, and and poke fun at people. We have and been known to podcast. fun. And, and that's fine but we at times like this we've got to be, you know, remind ourselves that some of these people who we make fun of and laugh at, and and you know, we, we, they they're nasty pieces of work. And I mean, t- I cannot believe he said that. I just cannot believe he no. said that. No, and then Andrew Bridgen sort of doubled down, didn't he? Yeah. Who's another? I would say he's not very nice. I would have to agree with you. Uh, I think. And sort of, he basically said, "Well, Jacob Rees-Mogg is is more clever, didn't he? You know, yeah, because he's clever, he would have got out." And that's that's what he was saying. Yeah, so saying that so posh people are cleverer than posh people are cleverer than poor people. Yes. Um, poor people have no common sense. I mean, I it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And then of course, just moments before Boris Johnson <laughs> <laughs> launches the Tories campaign proper on Downing Street, and I still love when he's giving a speech on Downing Street. There's the stop Brexit in the background. I still love that. Good it old Steve Bray. Um, uh, it is brilliant. Um, 
and it, it you know just 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 before he did that, of course, the Welsh secretary Alan Cairns had to resign. Had to resign. That's a bit of a messy one, and we shouldn't really get into. No, uh, it is a it is a messy one. I mean, I thought that was, you know, there were other things, weren't there? There was the. Um, there was the doctored video of Keir Starmer. Oh. There's this ongoing <laughs> row about the, you know, whether they should have released the report into the Russian intelligence, which, which yeah. you know, I mean, that's Dodgy unexploded. Danger UXB, as we were discussing last week. It certainly is. There's this, the idea that they had used the civil service to do a costings analysis of the Labour um, spending plan, which Sajid Javid announced and then had to say, yeah. actually, we're not doing that because they're... they're Civil Service have decided it's an unfair use of their time. That was embarrassing. Yeah. James cleverly being empty chaired by Kay Burley yeah. when he wouldn't come on and discuss the Bridget and Rhys Mogg yeah. thing yeah. was embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, but the Rhys Mogg and Bridget stuff is is awful, and equally awful is the the, the candidate from uh, Francesca O'Brien yeah. Yeah. from yeah. the Gower who, yeah. who said that people who who'd, on benefits yeah. People, people who appeared on Benefit, Benefit Street, which yeah. I'd forgotten about. Was yeah, that the one with too. White D on it? I think so. It wasn't very... There was something... Uh, it wasn't very nice, was it? No, there, but, was, so, there was something fairly unedifying about that whole thing, but, wasn't it? it but was like she said that people on, on Benefit, this programme should be put down, didn't she? Yeah, she did, yeah. yeah. And that's only four years ago, I think. That is, yeah. Uh, another case of social media coming back to haunt candidates. Yes. Um, uh, of which we've got one... Well, we, it's not social media, but we've got one here in... Well, yeah, well, this is... The, I we mean, record this podcast this out of Norwich, if you are a new listener. And uh, Nick Conrad, who is... He, well, he's famous in Norwich, actually, uh, He because he was the host of BBC Radio Norfolk's flagship breakfast show. Yeah, he's, a, he's one of several real-life Alan Partridges, isn't he? He, he really is. Um, and, I mean, I've met him personally, a very nice chap, met him a few times, perfectly nice, perfectly nice guy, but he... He somewhat dropped um, a um, clangor. That's modern, that, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's horrific. <laughs> what he said. He basically said that he was talking about Chad Evans' rape right. case, yeah. and he suggested that um, you know maybe women should keep their knickers on. I think it was the, is the best way to sort of yeah. tie that up. Um, and and that is getting. Did he say this on the radio? Uh, I believe so. <laughs> I, I mean, I t- Frank, how? It's not quite. What's your favourite monger? <laughs> No, there was lots of War that as well. Cheese. <laughs> lots of that as well. Um, he, he um, yes, he uh, he was he won the um, uh, safe seat of Broadland. He's going to stand. Yes, sorry, Keith, Keith Simpson, whose best moment ever for Keith Simpson, who is a chap I actually quite like, was he did give a brilliant speech, brilliant farewell speech in a house um, where he was talking about. Um, he, he said. His cat would make a better Prime Minister, um, a better leader of the Conservative Party than Boris Johnson. Mr Tibbles. Mr Pumpkin. Mr Pumpkin? Yeah, and he said, and he's a ruthless killer. <laughs> That's how he ended it. Very good speech. That Check is it out good. On side. Was that um, his farewell speech? Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Very and good. Then, um, and he, he, but he also, he appeared on, um, he's a historian and he was an academic and very, very clever chap. And he appeared on... After Dark, was it? Mm. The famous episode with Ollie Reed. Oh, right. He's okay. on there. Um, right. and, and they sort of go moustache to moustache over um, something or other, some histor- historical fact. It's very funny, and, and Keith looks completely petrified, as you would. Um, 
It's his old seat, so Nick Conrad. But you know Nick Conrad? Nick Conrad's not his name. Okay, what's his name? Uh, Nick Brain. Is it? Yeah. Nick Brain? So Nick, so his middle name is Conrad. Right, okay. So I will be speaking to him very soon, um, and I will have to ask him if he's going to be, what he's going to be on the ballot paper. I guess he could ask out to be Nick Conrad Brain. Yes, he could. couldn't just be well, Nick he, Conrad. But he might have changed his name by deed. believe that isn't the case. Oh, well, he might be Nick Conrad Brain then. Yeah, because he, he needed Shelby's name would be Nick Nick Conrad. Well, is this time to talk about... If we're talking about Nick Brain, is this time to talk <laughs> about Dick Brain? Or do you want to talk about it, Dick Brain later on? Because I've got... I have things to say about Dick Brain. Do you? What, in Brexiteer or in news? No, in, in, in news. Well, let's go from one one brain to another dick. Well, a Nick... <laughs> from Nick... Oh, that was... Are you bidding for this bloke's job on... Local radio in, in Norwich. Hello, my name's Richard Porritt and welcome to BBC Radio Norfolk. I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, farmers. <laughs> oh, do pass me a turn. <laughs> do we have many listeners in Norfolk? Not anymore, We've been chased no. out with we combine harvesters. Absolutely. I know nothing about farming. That's good. Um, so he's gone, hasn't he, Dick Brain? Yep. And um, he was the leader of UKIP. He was. As people... That's might, the end of UKIP, isn't it? Might go. I think that probably... I mean, not that... What about their paramilitary wing? They'll never recover... I mean, not that they'll never recover from the loss of Dick Brain. <laughs> what, what was your favourite headline involving Dick Brain? Um, There's only one answer to this, but it's a good one. <laughs> go on. It was uh, in the sun, and it was, Don't call me Dick Brain, says Dick Brain. <laughs> When he, when he was saying, my name is Richard Brain. This is all pure iron. Um, I don't know who is going to replace Dick Brain, um, but in 2015... Hey, oh, should we, should we have a laugh and I'll put my name forward? Well, that would be good. But in 2015, UKIP had uh, a candidate in Barnsley Wombwell, mm-hmm. Wayne Kerr, and they had a candidate in Braintree in Essex called Mike Hunt. So... So that maybe, can't be right. That is right, yeah. What real people? Yeah, 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 yeah. There is a, there is quite a good regional newspaper editor with an with a unfortunate name. It, there there is, yeah. It is quite good that a party... Wayne you know, Kerr? Wayne Kerr and Mike Hunt, yeah. That can't be true. It's true. Oh this my is, these are true facts. Why does um, UKIP attract these people with dodgy names? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I was thinking, really, their ideal head, their ideal headman should be. A, a, they should have a leader called Doug Whistler, <laughs> uh, <laughs> perhaps. Um, but then there are lots of good um, politician names in other countries. America, obviously. Yeah. You've got uh, Indiana Republican State Sen- Senator Randy Head. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a woman who just ran for Attorney General in New York is called Zephyr Teachout, which isn't rude, but it's just a great name. And uh, there's a Democrat in New Hampshire who just endorsed Joe Biden, uh, and that is good because he's, he's called Dick Sweat. Yes, I've heard of him. And then, obviously, the former Senate leader of the Netherlands, Tiny Cox, and South Africa's former housing minister, Tokyo Sexwife. Yes, I'm brilliant there. Um, so, goodbye... Good, but I've written more about this, including the time when, uh, in, in the, the print edition of the New European, including the glorious years of yeah. the late 17th century, yeah. early 18th century. Love those days. Uh, beautiful times, weren't they? When um, 
there were two brothers mm. who were MPs, mm. John Bastard uh, and Edmund Bastard, and they were the MPs for Dartmouth and Devonshire, and they were replaced by the sons of Edmund Bastard, <laughs> who were called John Bastard and Edmund Polexfen Bastard. <laughs> so there you go. What a bunch of... Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So oh. a time when they were actual bastards rather than just total bastards. Is that where the phrase comes from? They were such bad MPs. <laughs> That's right. Is that what it is? Remember John Major and his bastards. Anyway, back yes. to back to oh, actual bastards, the Tories. Yeah. Total bastards rather. See, so, so you know this, um, you know this uh, Keir Starmer false video thing. Yes. It's funny. It's funny. That's what he said, wasn't it? Just a bit of fun. Well, it wasn't a very but good interview doing by shit, Keir Starmer. Posting, aren't they? Well, they are. Yeah. Which is what. Well, I've never heard of this. I've read about that it. That isn't when you put poo in a paper bag and <laughs> set it on fire and put it through somebody's door. <laughs> I was at a festival once and a chap, um, the toilets were a long way away. Oh, yeah. And he went to the toilet in a plastic bag in his tent. He didn't oh. tell anyone he was doing that, of course. Oh. You know, it's polite society, this. Oh. But he then came back and put the plastic bag on the on the fire that was raging and, of course, the plastic just melted immediately and we all knew what he'd done. Oh, no. Disgusting. Hope you're not eating breakfast. Listen. No, enjoy. Um, enjoy no, your meal. No, it is... It is when so they've employed their their comms team is up and running they're off and they've got a couple of digital wizards yeah they'll be about eleven they're from New Zealand aren't they and they are um, I haven't got their names in front of me I'm afraid but they are supposedly um, doing what what is known as well I I try to call it shit sharing but I think it's shit posting it is isn't shit sharing yeah no. or something else. Um, uh, and and um, so basically naff uh, social media messages in the hope that they will get shared more widely because people are just laughing at them and going, look at this nonsense. And they often get shared by the opposition as well, so they do your work for you. Your message still gets out, but it's a bit. it looks a bit crap. Right. I, I'm not sure how much... I'm not sure of it as a tactic. No, <laughs> me no. neither. They did a lot of stuff like... Can um, you imagine taking that one to Thatcher and they'd gone Sarchi and Sarchi and they'd gone, well, this is what we're going to do, Mrs T. Yeah. I mean... Imagine that, the handbag would have been swinging. It would have. Uh, so I'm not sure, but we'll see. We will see. We will see what happens. We will see what happens. But don't so it don't share stuff that's crap. Is that what we're saying? Basically, yeah. <laughs> if you see "Get Brexit Done" written 24 times in Comic Sans, yeah, don't share it. Going, this that's is terrible because this is what that's what they want. That is an actual policy. You use Comic Sans, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. that's they use that in the there New is, Zealand election. There is an employee in this build. No, in this company. Yes. Who has got his email phone? set to Comic Sans, really? I kid you not. Tremendous. And he, he thinks that that is perfectly reasonable. I've told him Fantastic. it's not. Yeah. Comic Fantastic. Sans. I'm going to have Comic Sans on your grace. The inventor though. of Comic Sans uh, is a fan of the New European, by the way. Is that I right? call Vincent Conair, yeah. Uh. He didn't star in the film Conair, uh -huh. um, but he's called Vincent, he's married to a friend of mine. Is that right? Yeah. That's yeah, a brilliant yeah, yeah. story. And he invented Comic Sans, yeah. Why did he do that? He invented it for use in a, uh, I want to say, I can't remember who he worked for at the time, Microsoft or IBM. Right. And it was for use in a sort of comedy training brochure, a light-hearted training brochure. So it was, it was intended, it was invented to, laugh it was intended to, to look. Yeah. 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 There was a, there was a question about fonts on uh, he's very, university challenges. He's very proud of it. I bet he is. I would be. That's a brilliant story. He is very proud of it. I would. I would. I think you are allowed to use Comic Sans if you invented it. He is. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Does he definitely. use it all the time? I think it's in his email signature. What a, yeah, yeah. what a star! I love this guy. It's good. Um, so, uh, reasons to be 
Cheerful. Cheerful. One, two, three. three. Um, for the Tories. Reason to be cheerful. I'll I tell mean, you. I'll tell you. There's only one reason to be cheerful for the Tories, and that's how bad Labour are. Yeah. Well, the Labour thing will have helped, won't it? Yeah. The last couple of days will have helped. Um, the yeah. I mean, the fact that there is a fractured Remain thing. You know, we've yeah. we've seen this. You know, we've seen this pact between the SN. Uh, the sorry, not the SNP. We've seen this pact between the Lib Dems, the Greens, Clyde. and Clyde Cymru, mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm. 63 seats, I yep, think. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but the fact that you know, Remain, Labour. We, we you know, we're told that Labour quite early on the shadow cabinet said we're not getting involved in this. Yeah whatsoever so there is going to be no grand remain alliance unless nope. something radically changes um in the next few weeks i don't think that nigel farage has made a bad start to the campaign i would say he has um, tormented on radio four on thursday yeah with the new europeans front cover did you hear that uh, I, I, I'm not aware that that happened. I was so just the New Europeans front cover has got yeah. Nigel Farage dressed up as Steve Bray, yeah. Mr. Stop Brexit, yeah. who we mentioned before, and uh, it says Remain Secret Weapon, and the opening question was, are you Remain Secret Weapon? Excellent. To which he said, well, I've been called worse than that. Oh, and you have been called worse than that. You're a no. nicotine stained <laughs> man. <laughs> Nigel Farage and should a stick to stick to... Um, Moonlight and bottoms. He should do, uh, yeah. Retire into the to the moonlit bottom desert. <laughs> <laughs> Is there such a thing? I don't know, it sounds quite nice. And then the Tories are actually giving away money, aren't they? You know, it's not like they it's ah, not like they're This is a new policy from the Tories. Well they're giving away some money. They're gonna give it away, they're gonna borrow it first. They are gonna borrow it first, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Keynesian. Uh, it is, yeah. Um, and they've been very opposed to that but for it's a very not long like, time. Yes, it, that's true. And now they're not. Why? I'll tell you why. There's an election on. <laughs> There's an election on. <laughs> what about Labour, though? 150 trillion gazillion, or well, whatever the, it was. <laughs> the, well, the, the Tories are 150 billion, aren't they? Right. In borrowing. And that, yeah, Labour... Uh, <laughs> well, shall, shall we do a willian? John, number? John McDonald's... What about a kajillion? John McDonald's economic policy seems... I think he just thinks, well, when we're in government... We'll get our hands on the Royal Mint and we can just print as much money as we need. Yeah. <laughs> just print some more, boys. <laughs> what? The NHS will be... It will, we will play every NHS hospital in gold. In gold, yeah. <laughs> a gold bar for every nurse and a gold plate <coughs> Every human yeah. will get a free nurse under Labour. For life. We'll follow them round for life. Wiping our noses. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. I would support that. I would love that. Uh, are the reasons for the Tories to be worried, though? I think that. I well, think there was a bit of a Labour spike in the first few days after the election was agreed last week. I think. Be, I think, despite everything, you know, they, despite everything that happened last time, I think they've been very complacent. They've started this very complacently. There is certainly. I don't think there's as much hubris as last time, but there is not not a not a constituency by constituency level. I, yeah. don't, I don't get that feeling. And I've spoken to hundreds of MPs already, well, probably not hundreds, but certainly dozens. My, do you want to uh, my poll of poll results? Yes, please. I, yeah. I crunch all these numbers. I, get all, I look at all the polls. Yes. I've got my own special system, which is top secret. Good, yeah. And then I crunch all the numbers and I come out with the... I'll do this every week for you if you want while we're in the election. This is nice, yeah. Um, this is the New Europeans poll tracker, poll of polls, poll tracker. Okay, good. Brexit party, 10%. Yeah. 10%? Mm-hmm. Liberal Democrats, mm-hmm. 17%. Right, okay. Labour, 
27%. Yeah. Tories, 38%. Okay. If you were good at maths, you could have probably figured that out before I got there. There is some, well, some of the SFP, smaller parties, isn't it? I've left them That's out. That's probably about 6%, isn't well, it? I had it at 5 yeah. Yeah. Um, so, there you go. That's exciting. Well, that is exciting. So, we, we, we're going to follow this. So, this is based on what? I just, d- just you. I crunch. It takes me all morning before we do this pod. You I crunch, crunch numbers? Ev- every single poll. How does one crunch a I, number? Uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, if the number was made of something crunchy, honeycomb perhaps. Cornflakes. Yeah, cornflake numbers. That's what I do. I use cornflakes. Good. Uh, yes, so that is my poll. Porritz poll of polls. Porritz poll of polls. Yeah. So uh, what does that what does that tell us? Uh, well, it tells us that it, on Sunday when I last did a poll of polls, Labour had made um, some gains, and they've they're pretty much they've pretty much hung on to that. So that early Tory lead that was up at sort of 17, 16, 17, yeah, is it, it's dropped away a little bit. But I think that was always going to happen. Yes. Um, it, it, it's, it'll be interesting to see over the next week, 10 days, I think. That, that is kind of... It was after... Once we've got manifestos out there, that's, that was a real yeah. turning point last time. That's now, true. Now, a Boris's gang will not, and they are a gang, won't f- to make that same mistake. No, they won't cock it up as badly as Not as badly. No. Um, and, and he's already... You know, he's using words like compassion and moderate and stuff like that. And uh, that is definitely uh, a ploy. Yes. Um, and it's not going to be doom and gloom, kitchen sink drama like, um, like Theresa May's was. Can we just talk, by the way, about Boris Johnson and, and what he says? Because he seems to be starting every speech with, this is an election I didn't want. Yeah, well, I know. Well, you're a liar. Yeah. Why'd you call it that? Well, you asked for one four, four times. times. It's of like course it's, it's an election you wanted. And he said Parliament was... Parliament was in a logjam. No, it wasn't. It had just it had just passed the first reading of your just wanted a bit of scrutiny time of your day, yeah. And it was likely to bring it back with a couple of things that you wouldn't you wouldn't have liked, but you could quite easily have got anyway. Anyway, there what's we done go. Is, what's done is done. What I find worrying for Labour, if I was Labour, what I'd be most worried about are the number of seats that they look like they are going to lose in Wales, mm. and the idea that they would lose. Four to five seats in London mm-hmm. is is quite worrying. Um, I mean, I think you, you know, I, th- I think you're, I think you're right. Labour, the Labour vote is hardening. I think there is some evidence that the Lib Dems are going to do unexpectedly well. Yes, I get that feeling. Certainly, I've just been, I've just sat down with a with a Lib Dem candidate who's a jet fighter pilot. Yes, and then you know, and they might run some. You know, people like Dominic Raab we talked about last week. You know, mm-hmm, they might mm-hmm. have, there might be a couple of a couple of little surprises there. Jacob Rees Mogg, even there is a, there is a lot of this. I, I, I'm still standing by my twenty to twenty five seat majority, which I think Boris would take now if you if you offered it soon. Do you? Yes, definitely. And um, I still think the Conservatives will win by more than that. Uh, well, I mean, if Labour's opening performance, that that needs Labour to have a good a good election as well. Yeah, and it needs them to have a very bad election. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the Tories have started. Uh, the Tories have started to form in their yeah. current election form, haven't they? By they have slagging off normal people and dead ones. People say that we don't talk about Scotland enough, and I, I did want to say that um, I thought Nicola Sturgeon has been very good so far. Yes, yes, um, she's a very competent politician. She uh, and you know the polls look good for the SNP, they look like they're going to put on, they had 35 last time, it looks like they're going to put on at least 10. Mm. Um, I saw one of the one of their uh, cabinet 
ministers saying that they were going to win all 59 seats in Scotland, which I, I think is a bit of a, a stretch. Unlikely, yeah. Um, but, that, that, but, you know, if they do do well, then does it bring into play a, a, a Labour... But it does, you know, mm, it, it does. Alliance. Although, obviously, some of those seats went back to Labour, didn't they, last time? So, what so would happen? But I think she's been, I think she's, she's been really good. And, it, you know, again, it is... Boris Johnson is not... Losing Ruth Davidson, I, I think there's a... Terrible. It's been a bad thing for the Conservatives. That we've not really talked about. No, it. we haven't. And because she massive. was a very it's good campaigner. She was brilliant. Yeah. And you know, the, the the Labour guy in Scotland, who is um, what's he called, Dick Leonard? Yeah. Is is not. You know, he's just not in the game at all. No. I think if if we had, and I'm not, I haven't, I'm not taking a view on this, but if we had a Labour, SNP coalition, what we could guarantee is. Not just one referendum in 2020, but two. But two. And everyone loves a referendum. Well, they've sorted everything out so far, haven't they? <laughs> okay. Okay. Brexiteer of the Week is next. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back. Are we all refreshed and ready for Brexiteer of the Week, Stephen? We are. Good. We are. Let's start with Harry Arter. Yes. Fulham midfielder. Yeah. Where's he? He's on loan, isn't he? Is he on loan oh. from Bournemouth or somewhere like Maybe. that? Yeah, possibly. I think he is from Bournemouth. He's deactivated his Twitter account. Do you know oh. why? Uh, accident. <laughs> well, no. He, he, it's, he deactivated it because he blamed Jeremy Corbyn for the £350 million for a week NHS Brexit slogan. Oh. No, he's he got that all wrong. He, he got involved in a Twitter conversation about Jeremy Corbyn. He said, yeah. how can you trust him when he openly admitted that he lied through the whole campaign just the day after Brexit, about what he was planning to invest in the NHS. What? It's hard to take anything he says seriously when his whole campaign was on the back of funding for the NHS and then literally the next day admitted it was a lie. Right. And then people sort of went... Has he got Jeremy Corbyn mixed up with Boris Johnson? Well, he's got him mixed up with Boris Johnson and with Nigel Farage, who did go on the TVAM, didn't he, on Good Morning Britain the next day and say... What Boris Johnson said was not true, and we shouldn't have said it. But yeah. I wasn't going to say that because yeah. I wanted to win How the referendum. How he managed to get? Well, he's a footballer, isn't he? <laughs> I think. But I mean, come on, we don't. You don't get um, Bobby Robson and Harry Redknapp. And Harry up, Redknapp mixed up? No, no. Saint and Sinner. Um, did you say that Harry Redknapp's son, by the way, not Jamie Redknapp, his other son, Mark, uh-huh. was? What's his last name? He's. <laughs> It's done for Mark Red, uh, Redknapp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they said um, he, he was done for drug driving. Did you say that? Was he really? He's been, he's been convicted of drug driving. Oh, dear. And they said, well, what were, what were the signs? And he said, we found him in his car and he had, he had droopy eyes. And you said, well, it could just run in the family, couldn't it? But wait a minute. Well, a cop is driving past people and looking for droopy looking eyes. Looking for droopy eyes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, anyway, uh, Harry Arter, he was rumoured. Do you remember he had a big... Uh, bust up with Roy Keane when Roy Keane was the Ireland manager Harry Arter and that was rumoured to be about Brexit it was Was said it was said Roy Keane will leave her Roy Keane remain is he? yeah yeah I love Roy Keane Roy Keane is remain yeah he is Yeah, and he will mean it Uh, should we talk about the Daily Telegraph Uh, yes let's do that been issued to issue been forced to issue its third correction this year about one columnist right (laughs) Latest false claim made in June was that the country was going to become the largest economy in the Northern Hemisphere. Was we were about to take overtake Germany in terms of growth. That wasn't true. 
And then earlier this year, the paper had to correct an article by the same author that said that no-deal Brexit in a poll was the most popular uh, option among the British public. And then earlier in the year, they had to uh, correct another article by the same columnist uh, about a convicted drug dealer who he said was an example of our cockeyed, crook-coddling criminal justice system. Mm. And there's good news for Telegraph, because the politician in, in question... Has, has now left. Yeah. He left in July for another job. And the bad news, obviously, is that he's now the Prime Minister of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Um, another newspaper, yeah. the Daily Express. We, we, just before we get on to the Express, of course, Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon, the new owner of, of the, the Telegraph. Telegraph. Yes. Whoa! Causing delight among my Telegraph uh, colleagues, my What's your idea of what does the word a plot mean? A not plot. a fiction, not a plot, well, of a movie. What, what a good, um, what a good week to ask because, of course, the gunpowder plot. The gunpowder plot. This is why I bring it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a plot, not the plot of a film, or the or the plot of an allotment. In a di- ex- exactly, John Jeremy Corbyn's, Corbyn's allotment. Digging away. What did he give to to? Oh, horseradish plants. Yes, that's right. I hope you're enjoying my horseradish plants. Thank you for everything you do. I don't know. I just don't know. But, but what? I just don't know what's happening. You don't know. I'm having a slight breakdown. You here. are having a breakdown. You had to thump the table. I did. Um, a, the dictionary defines a plot as a secret plan made by several people to do something wrong, harmful, or not legal, oh. especially to do damage to a person or a government. Yeah. Hence, the gunpowder plot, yeah. which was to blow up the Houses of Parliament yeah. and cause... I think it's estimated it would have caused about 300 deaths. Yeah. Is, that is a plot. That's a plot. That's a fairly serious plot. That I mean, I have a, a couple of plots ongoing plot. at any one time, but not to kill it. Standard anyone. political manoeuvres yeah. are not a plot. No. And, but this has not occurred to the, the Daily Express, and they really should pack this in. Examples of headlines from the last few days. Lindsay Hoyle blocks Remain a plot to reverse Brexit. Joe Swinson lets slip Remain plot that could prove disaster. Remain plot to see Scotland break up with the UK. Anti-Brexit plot. Remain her MPs hatch secret plan. Laura Coonsberg dismantles Corbyn's plot to undermine <laughs> Boris Johnson. You know, they're not... It kind of, it's kind of his job to undermine Boris Johnson. They're not plots, these, are they? They're no, just standard no. political manoeuvres. What, what you've got there is and a lazy sub-editor. But it's they're, but they're equating, you know... It's important, this stuff. This is equated a standard political manoeuvre with treason yeah. and treachery. Yeah. Uh, and, you know... It shows that the Daily Express have lost the plot, frankly. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh, I can't, can't say that. But the Brexiteer of the week is Jill Hughes. Jill Hughes. Brexit party candidate in Batley and Spen. Oh, yes, of course. That's she's had to stand yeah. down, but maybe she's been beamed up because <laughs> it was revealed that she believes that aliens are yeah. currently working with our world government. Yeah. But yeah. that's all hush-hush for now. Hush-hush for now. She said. Uh, this was in a 2018 book, Spirit of Prophecy, which she wrote. Uh, yeah, they're working with all our world governments. It's all hush-hush for now. A be. year earlier, she told uh, a website called The Soul Matrix, I've just come to realise that my purpose here is to raise consciousness on Earth. I originated from Sirius. Right. I mean, surely you can't be serious. But, <laughs> um, and, uh, and and the, the bump for a book... What? The bump. Oh, yeah. For Spirit of Prophecy. Says she is a believer in elves, fairies, mermaids and unicorns. Right. She came to believe in reincarnation when her old horse, Red, made a reappearance as a Palomino called Hooray Henry. 
What? <laughs> I'd love to live in this woman's head. It's fantastic, isn't it? But sadly, we're not going to do it because... Why did they kick her out then? Well, I think it might have been the serious thing or the hush-hush alien conflab thing. Yeah, but I mean... Or the know. fact that she maybe she tried to introduce Hooray Henry the Palomino as a... You know, campaign manager. <laughs> but anyway, they've said nay to her candidacy, <laughs> and she is no longer out of this world, but she is the Brexiteer of the Week. Well, congratulations, a Brexiteer, a new Brexiteer of the Week, I, I know. believe. That is exciting. What should the listener do right now, Steve? Uh, whether you're listening on Earth or in, on Sirius, go to your podcatcher of choice. Where is Sirius? Sirius? I don't is know. Is it one of them Goldilocks planets? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's out there. Um, way out there. Um, whether you, yeah, go to your podcatcher of choice, leave us a great review, especially important when you're going through we've iOS. We've got some great reviews at We the have moment. got, so we've got some really we've good reviews. We've got some brilliant reviews. Um, Make them funny. Please, uh, join our Facebook group for the New European. Uh, you can also like the New European on Facebook. Please subscribe to the print edition of the New European. Yeah, do that. The NewEuropean.co.uk. We're giving this stuff away. You get uh, you get a great deal, including a, um, a, a Brexit coffee mug for I believe thirteen quid for about three months. It's a great deal. You should do that. Um, and you should also follow us on Twitter at the New European, or follow me on Twitter at Sanglesey S A N G L E S E Y, or follow me at Porritt P O R R I T T. That was the New European Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It means the absolute world to us. If you haven't already, go and buy the printed product. It's out now. It's £3. It's in all good news agents. We will be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, bagpipes please. Here you go. This is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. 
acast.com. So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of kids' classic, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. On Tuesday, how Rockford became the cheese of kings. On Wednesday, we meet the Jobs and Wozniak of the 1800s. On Thursday, the history of the YMCA, from the City of London to the village people. And on Friday, the edgy musical that made Greece the word. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.